0: So I want to start off with uh, Genesis 26 and verse 15. This is the story of Isaac who had had gone down and he had opened up uh, wells and it says, so all the wells, Abraham was his father, all the wells that his father's servants had dug in the time of his father Abraham, the Philistines stopped him up, filling them with earth. Don't you think that's spiteful? Hey? Someone comes and stops up your well. Well, if someone comes and stops up your well, just give Luppy a call and he'll unblock it for you. He's the tallest guy here. Where is he? Fallen asleep already. Oh, there he is. I heard his name. He came jumping in there. And so last week we had a look how Isaac had to dig and reopen these wells. And every well that he went to and he dug it open, the Philistines arrived to close it up and chase him on. So eventually he got to the place where he opened up a well where they left him alone and he was able to, in the middle of a famine, God was able to prosper him. Isn't that what Bianca said? God will give you the Things that you desire in your hearts. As long as they line up, this is the catch. As long as they line up with the will of God. He's not going to give you what won't be good for you. He's not going to give you a million rain if you just squander it. He's not going to give it to you. But if he thinks you'll be a wise steward, he'll give it to you. Knowing that you will take that and you will bless others. That you, you will... Uh, I watched, watched that movie, I don't know if you guys did, about paying it on, you, and pay it forward, is that what it's called? And, and so God is actually, he uses us like a pipeline, and so he keeps the pipeline wet, but it just carries on and on, and that's how he does it. It's amazing how God blesses the people that are generous, people that are not only generous in finances, but in their lifestyle, and everything that they do, they're generous. They do, they, you ask them to do something and they just do it. Isn't that amazing (laughs) in the church? (laughs) Oh, is that not funny? Okay, I'll move (laughs) along. So wells can be stopped up deliberately, like the Philistines, or they can simply silt up. Have you gone through uh, times in your life where your walk with the Lord has felt like you're in the mud and you can't get through it. You're struggling to walk. It's difficult. And those are the times when your well is being silted up. And what you need to do is you need to get into that well. You need to get digging down because the the further down you go, the more water you get. Is that right, Lapi? I just got to check with the expert over there. But we've got to be careful because in shallow, shallow wells dry up in summer and the heat. And these days, the climate change that is taking place, wells that once flowed no longer flow. I think it was Leon that told me that. He said he had a well that used to work and now it no longer works. So we need to, we need to open those wells in our life because how can we impact on the community if the wells in our life are not open? You see, it's not for us. It's for them, those that don't know Jesus. God wants us to open up our lives so that we may, we may impact into their life. And we, we must never fall into the place of, but this is for me. No, as a, as a born again believer, someone that loves Jesus, Jesus came and died so that you and I could have life. So what makes it that we can have everything for ourselves and not give it out? We need to be those people. You remember I started by saying the church in in America, a guy called Rick Warren used to lead a church and he did a survey. And in the survey, they said that 89% of the church believed that the church was for them and their family. That's nearly all of them. That's nearly all of them. And so, what is, for me, the church is actually there for the benefit of the non members, those that don't know Jesus. Those are the ones that we need to be opening up these wells so they can be impacted. And a, a well needs to be a gathering place like this, a, a place of healing, a place of salvation for the lost. We, we need to see people's lives change. I don't want to come here on a Sunday afternoon when it's hot and sweaty and nothing happens. I want to come here and I want to see God move and change people's lives and bring healing in their lives emotionally, spiritually, physically. Yes, we don't always see what we want, but we've got to do what the Bible wants not what we want. So it's vital that we continue to dig and to keep these, these wells open. So a, a well, in, the, in those days, a well was where the community gathered. They all gathered around the well twice a day, once in the morning, once in the afternoon. they They'd all help each other get the water up. The, the men would help the ladies and it would be this, this whole uh, almost like church in the morning, church in the afternoon. They'd dig up the well, get all the water up, and then all take the water home. So for me, uh, a well is a life source. It's where there's life, where there's the, the ability for God to come and change you. It's a source of, of life for the community. It's a place to come and drink. Who of you, I can imagine your hundred today while he was running. And he got to that, I don't know, did, you, did they have watering places? Eh? So when you hit that thing, you're like, hey, give me that water. Did they have Coke. When I, I, I ran a half marathon many years ago, and they gave us coke, and that thing is full of energy. So I just, shush, never, don't worry with the water, give me the coke. <laughs> yeah, so uh, this is a place where the community comes together to drink. Now, there, there are a couple of wells that we need to dig. And I don't know if you, Andrew's often used this illustration. I don't know, when I was young, there was Boswell Wilkie Circus. Do you remember that? Did you guys have that? You're giving your age away. <laughs> so anyway, there was this clown. He would run out and he would put a stick down, twing, and he would sing, spin a plate on there. Then he would go to the next one, he'd spin a plate on there. And then he'd go to the third one, he'd spin a plate there. But now he checks the first one starting to do this. So he run back, yeah. Twing, twing, twing. And then the fourth one. And so our, we've got seven of these plates spinning that we need to have spinning. So who knows that uh, Patty can't keep them spinning on her own? Hey, babe, You keep all the plates spinning. So anyway, we've got to keep these plates spinning. So these wells that we're talking about, we as a congregation and other congregations, 55 other con- 54 other congregations, we need to be digging those wells so that we can be the source of, of life into the community and so we need to be doing them all the time we can't just do oh let's do we we spoke about repentance last week we can't just dig this well of repentance and we all sit here and we oh lord it's so hard to be a christian i don't want that in my life I want to have repentance, and then I want to move on. I, I want the next thing. I don't want to be stuck on one thing. And so we need to keep all these plates spinning. All of us are, are, are spinning, spinning the plates as they start to wobble. And so then I said, Acts 3 and verse 19, we're going to look. There are seven areas, and to make it easy, they all start with R, that God wants us to be spinning these plates. The first one is repentance that we looked at last week. Acts three nineteen, verse twenty-two, it says, Repent then and turn to God, so that your sins may be, and we can just cross wiped out and put, may be removed, another R, that times of refreshing, another R, may come from the Lord. So we're not gonna get further than that today, so we'll 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 keep it there. So we're gonna look today at being removed, sins being removed, and refreshing. For me, refreshing is always the best one. Refreshing, for me, always speaks of the Holy Spirit and what He comes to do, like this wind that's blowing on me. It's, it's, It's actually refreshing me. And I I just love it when the Holy Spirit comes and he starts to move amongst people and he touches people and their hearts change and their mindsets change. And something that you can take months of counseling, God can come in one instance and change that that whole situation just by prayer and the Holy Spirit coming. So this next well, the first well was repentance. The next one is removing. We've seen up there. So by preaching the good news, by preaching the gospel, we extend the forgiveness of Jesus to the community. And that's the way that the sin is removed. And there was such a good song yesterday, I think it was called Amazing Grace, uh, about what Jesus did for us. And, and what Jesus does what he has done is he, he's, he's done the work on the cross and now we extend that forgiveness of Jesus into the, into the community. So when, when evidence, when repentance is evident, when you can see that God has broken people's hearts and guys, if you've never had God break your heart, I want you to ask God, please, break my heart for you. Break my heart for you and break my heart for the people, my friends, those around me. Break my heart for them. And because we need to be the healing agent to people who are seeking God. I I was going to bring a whiteboard, and I think there is a whiteboard there, but you you can imagine a, a teacher with a whiteboard, and it's all full of stuff. Like, it's got your Lindy is bad, and Luke is worse, and Patty is wonderful. Can you imagine that? And the Holy Spirit comes, and he just wipes all that stuff off. It's gone. But you know what the problem is? As fast as it gets wiped off, the new stuff is getting written on. Lindy has got even worse now. (laughs) Luke is trying to help her, but he can't. So, Jesus came, and we are part of removing that. We are not Jesus, but we are his agents to bring these people into a place of sanctification, of of being released from uh, sin. So this is a, a continuous, it never ends, guys. In my life, it never ends. God is looking all the time. He's breaking me about issues in my heart. He's making me think, why did you do that? Why did you do it like this? Why? And so the questions go on. And I'm continuously looking at my life and saying, Lord, come come and, come and look at my heart. Like that, that uh, prophetic word. Come and, come and look at our heart. Come and look at my heart, Lord. Is my heart clean, is it? And you know what, just when you think, yes it is, it's like, oh no, not again. Romans 8 and verses one to two. Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So the first thing you need to see there is that it's in Christ Jesus. It's not for, for those that don't know Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit, who gives life, has set you free from the law of sin and death. Guys, th- that sin is removed, and, and, and it's removed out of our life, and we need to be looking for those that are struggling. No, those that are walking in condemnation, we need to help them. This is not from God. God does not use condemnation. Yes, the Lord will use conviction in your life where there is sin but he will not use condemnation there's a huge difference no more shame are are you sitting out today and you're thinking hey that thing I did was really bad you know what God's got he's got a well for that it's called repentance go there get rid of it let's move on let's move to the place of removing this stuff no more pointing of fingers It's a sad thing when a church points fingers at one another. We blame each other for things. Instead of blaming, next time pray. Lord, help that person. You haven't truly forgiven someone if you can't pray for God to bless them. You really can't, you haven't. Galatians 5, 1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. When, when, just keep that up there, when, when people get saved... This is in Galatians. We found the Pharisees coming into this church after Paul had, had been in there and brought freedom. And, and it says, For freedom that Christ has set us free, stand firm then and do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. There's two things that happens in the church. We have a thing called legalism over here. And then on this side of here, we got a thing called licentiousness. So what's the difference? Licentiousness is you can do whatever you feel is right. It doesn't matter. By the grace of God, I've been saved. And I can do whatever I want to do. I, 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 I'm free of, of everything. But the, we know that's not true. Eh? We know that's not true. And legalism is you come over this side. Hey, you. You mustn't do that. You mustn't do that. You mustn't do that. You mustn't do that. Guys, we don't tell each other what to do. We pray and we allow the Holy Spirit to speak to people and convict them. That's conviction, not condemnation. We've got to be very careful that we don't find ourselves in the place of trying to play the Holy Spirit. We need to be in that place where we are extending the love of God so that there's no condemnation, there's no more shame, there's no more pointing of fingers. I've heard things that people have said and i have like, you know what, when I was an immature Christian, that's a long time ago, I've been saved over 40 years, a long time ago, that's what I did. When I thought I was the Holy Spirit, Legalism and licentiousness. We're free of that. Galatians 5 and verse 13. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Do but yeah, yeah we go. Do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather serve one another humbly in love. Don't indulge. Don't use your, your freedom. No, I'm free, I can do what I like. No, you can't. The, the very basic reason why you can't is if you cause your brother or sister to stumble, you're in a place of sin. So before I came to Cape Town, I was in Gauteng. Then before that I was in Mapumalanga. And before that I was in Natal. When I came to Cape Town, I got the shock of my life. Christians were all drinking wine that doesn't happen anywhere except in in the western cape but you know what if you go into scripture there actually is nothing saying that you can't have a glass of wine it says don't overindulge So where do we get that place of overindulging? When I've spoken to people, I've said to them, listen, I can't look over your shoulder and say, that's too much or that's too little. You have to allow the Holy Spirit to come and convict you and he will tell you that's too much because I'm not the Holy Spirit. But you need to ask him, "Is, is this too much or is this too little? But if you start to go over the boundary and cause others to stumble, that's a problem. That's a problem. Romans 8 and verse 37 to 39. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And this is, I think this is everybody's most favorite scripture. I hope it's up there. Yeah. For I'm sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, or nor things to come, nor powers, nor heart, nor depth, nor deacons, nor elders, or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing, guys. Nothing. But there I've got a... There is one thing. What is it? What is the one thing that can separate you from God? Yourself. You can make a decision. I don't want God anymore. I've seen that in my own son's life. He was involved in worship. He was going for God and he made a decision. I'm not serving God anymore. We pray for him and trust that God will bring him back. But at this moment in time, if he had to die, he would go to hell. I hope you believe in hell because there is a hell and you can go there. Jesus spoke about hell so often. So nothing can separate you from the love of God. Isn't that a, a, a secure place? Only you can separate yourself. Only you can say, God, I don't want you anymore. It says your angels can't stop you. Uh, there's, there's absolutely nothing. Elders, deacons, they can't stop you. Come, leaders, people serving coffee at the back. So we need to be a removing church. We embrace the forgiveness that Jesus has given us. Guys, I, I, I want to ask you, do you remember that day when you gave your life to Jesus? Or was it just something in the background? If, if, if you can't remember that day, I want you to go and I want you to ask Jesus, remind me of that day. There have been people that we've, we've had to do counseling with and I'll say to them, do you remember the day that you were saved? And if they look at me blankly, And they can't remember. I'll lead them in the Lord's Prayer first. We need to remind ourselves on an ongoing basis about what Jesus did for us. But if we are this church that helps you have sin removed out of people's lives, the leaders, those that lead, need to show discernment so to identify wolves that want to come in. Because there will come those that want to destroy in the body of Christ. And we need to identify those that are looking for the privileges of the church, but not prepared to walk through repentance. They're not prepared to pay the price. But when repentance is evident, we need to be those that are, are God's agents. I don't know, uh, some of you haven't had children because you haven't been married, so... you. If you've had children, I had three boys, man, they love to get dirty and uh, full of mud. And I always say, I'm so glad that I had sons because Patty and I, our life was easy. We had a huge garden up in Gauteng, it was an acre. The house, the garden was an acre. And our boys would go out there. We'd have to actually call them in because they'd forget about lunchtime but at the end of the day depending how old they are I can't remember they would come and they were covered from the top of the head to the tips of their toe and when they were still young they'd all have to get in the bath at the same time and they were dirty and it was normally my, my job to wash them because it got a bit boisterous there in the bath you know you throw. <laughs> I always said to them, I'm gonna teach you that I'm stronger than you. Then you know that God's stronger than you too. So, but you, they're dirty and you wash them with the soap and they get out and they all squeaky clean. I've, I've got the picture, my, it's, it's so cute. So I'm like, oh, look at that little thing. And, and, but that's what we do in the community. We bring those people in. Or we trust that they come in and we take them and we wash them. And we get them in a place of, of walking with God on their own. We need to be those people. The next well, we need to, okay, Can if it's possible, can we go back to Acts 3.19? Sure. Anyway, it says, repent then, turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, removed. Next are that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Guys, we want to walk in this place of refreshing. It's it's such a wonderful place. Uh, we, We wiped out that times of refreshing, so wiped out's removed. May be removed that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Patsy and I, we, we've, got a, we've got a jacuzzi at home, because we haven't got space to have a swimming pool, but anyway, it's a tiny little house. But we got a jacuzzi, and so during summer, we just, we live in there. But we, we weren't enjoying it so much this year, and we we're trying to work out why are we not enjoying this thing? And then we realized, we, we're in this jacuzzi, because we got these pipes on the roof to heat up the water, and it's like, between 40 and 42 degrees. And that's why it wasn't nice. (laughs) So we brought the temperature down to about 36, eh? between 34 and 36. Hey, and then it was refreshing. 40, you're actually sweating in the jacuzzi. It's not nice. So obviously, To be a refreshing church, we need to have this intimate, delightful work of the Holy Spirit happening in our life. Intimate, delightful work. I heard that word, delightful. We need to obviously dig this well open. You know what? Many Christians walk around without the benefit of the Holy Spirit working in their life. He's there because He's there from the time that they're saved. But they don't have the benefit, they don't have the refreshment of the Holy Spirit w- working in their life. And we need to, we need to dig this open. The, need, the, the church needs to extend this work into the community. This, the Holy Spirit is the one when you're walking down the road and you see the person walking towards you and you think, Hey, I, I need to talk to this person and you just stop them and you wonder what are they gonna do? And then the Holy Spirit begins to, to give you words, begins to tell you, hey, pray for this person. What, what, what is their need in your life? I think more and more as Christians, this refreshing aspect needs to take us out of these, I can't say four walls, there's about 10 Uh out of here and into a place where we're interacting with those that don't know Jesus. As a, as a, he, he comes as a counselor, a comforter, a friend. He lights the fire in our life again. Acts 2.33. There we go. Exalted to the right hand of God, Jesus. He... Jesus has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. This is when the Holy Spirit was poured out in the book of Acts. He was poured out. Acts 2 and verse 38, a bit further on. It says, Peter replied, repent and be baptized. So there's the first two. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You know what? This is something that many Christians haven't grasped. The Holy Spirit has been promised. He's a promise. The Holy Spirit is a promise. If you're sitting there today and you don't know that, I want, you to, I, w- I want you to say, Lord, show me this. The Holy Spirit is a promise. When somebody promises you something, it doesn't cost you anything. If I promise my grandchildren something, it's not gonna cost them anything. It's gonna cost me something. And you will receive, again, the gift of the Holy Spirit. He is a gift. You don't earn him. All you do is receive him. People try hey, I want to earn. I want to earn the Holy Spirit. I want. I want this thing to happen. I'm going to make it happen. No, just open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to come. I'm trusting right now as I'm talking that God is touching people. God is touching people. I've never preached on the Holy Spirit and have God not touch people. The Holy Spirit is such a, such a, a, a friend. He's such a counselor. He's such, he, he loves you. He's the one that lives with you now. People get caught up on the, living with you and living in you and living on you. No, he's, he's just in you, on you, he's everywhere. The church needs to be a refreshing community. Some scriptures now that they haven't got that I'm I'm going to give you 1 Corinthians 16:18, for they refreshed my spirit as well as yours. Proverbs 11:25, back in the Old Testament, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Philippians 2.20, for I have no one like him who will genuinely be concerned for your welfare. Proverbs 11.25, whoever brings blessing will be enriched and whoever waters will himself be watered.